Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, if this is your very first time listening to this episode, hello. <laughs> but other than that, if you are a returning customer, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Just to go over a couple of things with you before we begin today's show, if the, uh, if you want to follow me on X slash Twitter, give me a follow, shout, comment, hit me up. Let's talk about football. doesn't always have to be about the Broncos. I'm always down to talk about whatever. Uh, at a six foot ten Mexican for any business inquiries, please email uh, Broncos Talk Twenty Twenty at gmail.com. Wherever it is you guys are listening to the show uh, that's streaming in a lot of apps out there, please make sure to five star rate review. Uh, I'm ch- sometimes I don't get all of them. I know there was one or two that I did miss, but uh, thankfully a couple of listeners were nice enough to send me screenshots of when they subscribe. So shout out to all you guys! Thank you guys so much for your continued support in Broncos country. So I do want to apologize for the delay of this episode. I did say that I was going to upload yesterday being Tuesday, but unfortunately I had something come up and I wasn't able to uh, get it out in time. And I really didn't want to uh, upload uh, in the middle of the night. So what I actually my normal schedule is I usually record at night and then I upload it. And then because I usually do it because shout out to my good friend Chris Hernandez and uh, a couple other uh, other people actually they work third uh, the graveyard shift so uh, I'm pretty sure that the <laughs> thank you guys so much again um, for your continued uh, support of listening to this episode in the middle of the night so as hard it is to believe uh, there are one or two maybe even three people uh, I can't prove it but I'm pretty sure it's true that actually listen to this episode this late at night so but whenever it is you guys are listening to it again thank you guys so much you I know I say this a lot and I probably say it too much but I don't care Without you guys, I am not here. So, and we are what at episode 115, 16, something like that. I, I, I should be. I shouldn't know that. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys, it's been a really, really fucked up uh, last couple of days for Broncos country, and uh, th- so I uploaded a, a Broncos uh, episode towards the reaction for the Jets, but I didn't like it. So I didn't upload it because I felt it was too negative in terms of, you see guys, and you, you know this by now, if you've heard me talk about before, I try to be as positive as I can over reactions. Now, a couple episodes ago where I was so fucking pissed off that there was not even any background music, that's a totally different story. <laughs> so I really, I kind of felt last week where I was in that same situation and I, I just didn't feel... It was fair because we have a long season to go, folks, and I'm really, really not trying to be in that negative light for another, uh, what do we got, like 10 weeks or something. So even though it's going to feel a lot, (laughs) a lot like being in the dark, let me tell you. Um, So this episode is going to be a combination of both games, both the Broncos versus Jets game and the Broncos versus Chiefs game from last week. And uh, we're going to go look into the upcoming game with the Broncos versus the Packers, with the Packers being the visiting team coming to play Denver. So let's talk about the Broncos versus Jets game. That game was amazing to me in the sense that the the snow-colored theme was just fan-fucking-tastic. And uh, shout-out to my good friend, Mr. Boggins. Uh, I'm sorry I forgot your name. (laughs) Last episode, I had a brain fart. Uh, but, um, and congratulations to him. If you guys didn't know, he's about to be a dad. So 
he's got a lot a lot of great stuff coming his way so guys make sure you give him a follow on on x slash twitter at mr boggins i believe it is uh feel free to look him up um you know give him a shout out tell him your boy sent you and uh so i do agree that the their pants should have probably been like orange and white i would say with a side of orange uh, i forget how he, mr boggins described it but it would have matched the the decal on the helmet so the blue uh, i know orange and blue is our colors but i kind of feel like the white was the theme this this week so um but uh, other than that i mean it was great uh it's something that i wouldn't mind the broncos did a lot more frequent instead of one of those once in a blue moon type of things every season uh, but to be honest with you that was probably the best part of that game uh now i'm not gonna bore you guys with all the details because you guys were there and you, even if you didn't see it live like i did i'm pretty sure you've seen the highlights and one of the biggest things that um and uh, and currently is, is still being talked about is russell wilson's athleticism he doesn't have the same escapability the same magic i guess you could say that he did when he was with seattle where he can escape from the pocket and he could dance around for like an hour until a wide receiver got open and then he made a a, a throw the thing with russell wilson that still gets me is that leading up to that game russell wilson wasn't the best quarterback in the league but he was sure as fuck playing better than what he was last year under nathaniel hackett so this game being quote unquote called the the hackett bowl or the hackett game or whatever you would figure that the defense would be you know i mean the defense was already coming into this game limping per se uh, thankfully, they get, they didn't get railroaded like, you know, versus how the defense did versus Miami because that was my biggest fear. Uh, but, it, I mean, this game was so on the board winnable for the Broncos. And that last play where Russell Wilson scrimmaged, like I've seen that play a hundred times just to kind of try to see what it was that Russell Wilson was trying to look at down the field. I know he was trying to create time for somebody to get open, but as a veteran quarterback, you've got to know that the one thing you cannot fucking do is put the ball in danger. If you get sacked, you get down, you could still rush to the line. I don't remember if they had a timeout. I think they did it. Even though they did it, you could still rush and, you know, plant the or spike the ball or throw it out of bounds or do something where you don't put the ball in danger and i get it he was trying to run to you know probably get as close as he could to the uh going out of bounds and then you know throwing the ball but i mean you you've got to know you you've got to know that you if you're gonna take off you gotta put the ball away uh, in your other hand where the defender even if he catches you he can't peanut punch it he can't make a play on it and this isn't like he got uh he got um like blindsided because obviously he did it he took off but the, the defender was just like a second too slow and the thing that still gets me is that russell wilson he, he had just gotten sacked if i'm not mistaken the the play before or the one of the plays before 
So reading the defense is still something that Russell Wilson has not been able to do. Now, even I, who's not like a football connoisseur or expert or none of that, even when I saw that formation, I was like, they're loading up the right. That's got to be a blitz. uh, I think it was Quentin Williams that uh, he he doesn't play zone. So I really doubt he's going to fall back. Uh, And I forget the name of the other uh, defender that was next to him. But that's got to be one of those things where you call your tight end to block, you audible or... like it, it just fucking sucks. And the thing that hurts the most is losing to Nathaniel Hackett hurts Broncos country more than it does uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I want to say. The only other person that I say probably hurt the most was Sean Payton. Just for the simple fact that everybody knows what Sean Payton was saying when he was sitting across Colin Cowherd on his show on his couch and saying Nathaniel Hackett is just like... He basically called him in smarter words or basic words a dumbass. And he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And that was just one giant foot in Sean Payton's mouth. So, uh, like, like, and, and it sucks because the Broncos have not won at home yet. Their only win has been on the road against the Bears, a game that I was at. And for those of you that are first tuning in, yes, I was at that game. And yes, I was sitting there with my arms crossed and I was catching shit from Bears fans just to give you a quick recap. Already telling me, hey, if you leave now, you'll beat traffic, which is stupid because I took the train (laughs) and I walked to Soldier Field. Uh, But thankfully, the Broncos came back and I was able to have the last laugh and point and talk this shit to other Bears fans saying, hey, we're bad, but we're not the worst. (laughs) And if you look at the power rankings, the Broncos are still ranked 28th, I believe. Out of, so they're the only teams worse than us are the Patriots, the Giants, the Bears, and the Panthers, holding holding uh, are the foundation of teams that the Broncos are not as worse than. I guess you could say probably bad, bad as as bad I should say, but not worse than. At least not currently. <laughs> now this whole talk about trades and and what have you. I know that the Broncos, as of this recording, they traded uh, Randy Gregory. I don't remember if we talked about this last episode. I don't think so because it uh, happened uh, probably after the Jets game, if not before. So they traded Randy Gregory, and he goes to the Niners, and the Niners lose to the Browns in pretty embarrassing fashion, I I should say. But at least Randy Gregory got a sack over there. So he's with good company, but I wish him the best. Uh, you know, same thing, with, uh, but I think this, the Frank Clark signing, that one was a bit of a head scratcher because Frank Clark really didn't do shit as a Bronco. He was, he spent more time hurt than he actually did in terms of motivation, motivation and veteranship and all that. So I, I'm sorry. I, I put that up there right there with like, almost with what bringing in Jamal Charles, where Jamal Charles was supposed to come in and give us the blueprint on the chiefs. And, you know, he's supposed to run amok. He played more than Frank Clark did in a Broncos uniform, but man, he had the Melvin Gordon Butterfinger fumbles syndrome, whatever you want to call it, and it was just fucking bad. It was not good. So, uh, uh, but, it, you know, in terms of trading, like me, I personally, even in fantasy, like I, <laughs> I try to keep as many players as I drafted because I want to see how far I can go. And I know that doesn't really trans uh, transfer over into actual football. 
And I get it. A lot of these guys, after losing so much, they don't want to be a Bronco anymore because the team sucks, the management sucks, the coaching sucks. Just living in a world of suck. And if you're lucky enough to get out of it, like Randy Gregory and to an extent Frank Clark, who as of this recording has not been picked up by anybody, but uh, that, that could change at any moment. Um, you know, getting traded for uh, a draft pick is not bad. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the first person to get traded in terms of the offense is probably going to be Jerry Judy. Just for the simple fact that he holds more value in terms of getting a, a higher draft selection than a Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton is more of your veteran player. And yes, Corlin Sutton has not had the most fantastic season as of late, but the fact that he's still healthy is a miracle in itself. Unfortunately, we have we have been we've been without Tim Patrick for the last two years, and unfortunately, I really hate to say this, I love Tim Patrick, but we may have seen his last game as a Bronco. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos decide to cut ties with him. Uh, I don't know how much his contract would cost against cap, but. Uh, I, that, I'm pretty sure that the Broncos would, wouldn't mind eating it uh, at this point. But I also, before, um, there's not actually, there's not a lot of recap about that Broncos Jets game. I mean, it was fucking terrible. Losing to Zach Wilson sucks. Uh, fumble, scoop, and score by the Jets defense sucks. But uh, <laughs> it does make me feel a little bit better that the Jets beat the Eagles. So at least the Broncos lost to a very formidable Jets defense <laughs> at that. But um, uh, basically, uh, this whole Russell Wilson situation, he's been top news since probably Friday, and it's kind of died down, you know, since the Broncos haven't had that many by. But like Friday through, I want to say Monday, you could not turn on any network uh, sports channel without them talking about Russell Wilson and, you know, should he be benched? That's been the million dollar question in Broncos country is should Russell Wilson be benched? Now, there's a couple people that I've talked to who want to see uh, Jay, uh, Stidham come in and, and come in for Russell Wilson. Me personally, I still say no. And the reason I say no is because you paid Russell Wilson a fuck ton of money. And to me, having Russell Wilson sit on the bench does nothing if you're going to still keep it. Because it it's already being reported and more than likely that the Broncos are going to cut ties with Russell Wilson next season. So... Uh, that the Broncos are more than likely going to eat the, the dead cap money and they're probably going to be in cap hell uh, for that season or so. I don't really understand 100% how the cap space works. I know to a certain extent, but that's just what I've been reading. So if that's the actual plan where you're thinking about cutting Russell Wilson or trying to trade him, then benching Russell Wilson does nothing Uh really good for you so you're actually burning in my own and this is my own opinion feel free to disagree with me hit me up uh, at a six for ten mexican on x live twitter i think unless russell wilson gets hurt and you have no choice then you put russell wilson out there and you just kind of just let him ride it out (laughs) 
you know, to put him, bring him back to his slogan. Let's ride. So just ride it out with Wilson. See how much Sean Payton can try to shine him up if you're actually going to try to trade him. Because if you bench him, you're going to try to sell somebody his services and you can't sell his services if you bench him and he's not hurt and he's just riding the bench and you're trying to teach him quote unquote a lesson well what's the lesson you're trying to teach him if you're going to end up trading or cutting him that makes no sense you know and i'm sorry but stidham is not going to go out there and outperform wilson there's there's a reason why stidham is the backup and a very expensive backup at at that because the Broncos could have just as easily kept Brett Rippon, but they went out and under Sean Payne's request and they bought uh, Stidham from what was he before with the Raiders last year. So he wasn't really exactly uh, lighting it up uh, behind Derek Carr. And I mean, I, if, it, if any other occasion I'd be saying that playing Stidham would just be the Broncos waving the white flag in terms of, you know, a postseason attempt and what have you. But if they do, if the Broncos do start Stidham without a Russell Wilson designation injury, they'd be literally just flying. You might as well put white flags outside a mile high because that's that's literally what you're doing. That's literally what you're doing. And uh, (laughs) to me, Russell Wilson, as bad as he was against the Kansas City Chiefs around one, is still your best better option in terms of trying to get another win and I know there's a lot of people in Broncos country that are going to disagree with me that are probably calling me an idiot or laughing at me and that's perfectly fine but you you know think about it like this when Joe Flacco was the quarterback we were pretty much in the same boat everybody wanted to see Drew Locke you know even though Drew Locke was more than likely going to be the starter but unfortunately he got hurt and Flacco became uh, the the quarterback, the the starting quarterback. But Flacco wasn't going out there and exactly lighting up the field either, you know. So when he got hurt, that made it totally different. You know, now the, the Broncos had an actual excuse and a reason. And I say hurt because he had a quote unquote what was it, like a neck injury or something that was pretty questionable, in my in my personal opinion. And I this I just think that was just a designation the Broncos used to you know as a reason to try to let Joe Flacco sit trying to keep some dignity I guess you could say with him um, but uh, you you really didn't need a, a reason to bench Flacco Flacco was just um, I'm sorry he was like a statue uh, out there so that was probably the best reason uh, that the Broncos the, the best thing that the Broncos did that season and that's what I think the Broncos are probably going to do with Wilson if they do decide to bench him I do think that they're going to find some type of lingering injury that Wilson has. You know, it could be a thumb. It could be an elbow, hand, shoulder, arm, neck, head. I mean, it could be it could be any one of those things. And he's going to have to sit out uh, kind of like he did when he set out one game versus the Jets last year. That's the only time that he set out as a Bronco. Uh, and Brett Rippon barely held down the fort. And unfortunately, the Broncos did not win that game against the Jets last year either. So, uh, but fast forwarding into this game versus the Chiefs, you know, kudos out to the the Broncos defense. They kept this team in in the game. 
on one hand. On the other hand, it almost felt like the Kansas City offense was just fucking with Denver. Like, going for these fucking fourth down and goals, like, uh, you know, trying to run the ball in or going for these stupid Matt Nagy special trick plays that you know the Kansas City Chiefs would never pull on any other type of opponent with a much better defense. Like, they didn't pull that shit against the Jets. Not even against the Bears, they didn't do any of those trick plays. It was just Mahomes launching darts. You know, they didn't do that shit against uh, the Lions, if I'm not mistaken, or the Jaguars. Or uh, who, who else did they play? I can't remember who else the, 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 the Chiefs played. But most of their opponents, they didn't do any of that trick. Not on fourth down anyway. You know, that was just them fucking around. And Mahomes throwing a pick, that should have been like the, the catalyst. That should have been the start. The Broncos defense, for that one game, looked Almost like the Broncos defense of old, of last year, where they only gave up 19 points. And they only gave up one touchdown. One touchdown. The rest were Harrison Butker kicks, if I'm not mistaken. Probably two. I'm pretty sure it was just one. But 19 to 8. And it had to rely on, like, some really magic uh, <laughs> Corlin Sutton knee touch the, the, the end zone before his whole body went out. Like, it just makes no fucking sense. And the fact that Russell Wilson turned into a pumpkin again after he was being compared to having similar stats to... In, in one picture I saw, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was incredible too, he almost had, if not, if I dare say, before that game, just if similar, if not a little bit better stats than Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes being the defending world champ, I really hate saying that. Um, he he should be lighting it up on fire, but we're starting to see that uh, without Eric Bieniemy, that offense is in a lot of trouble. And if you don't believe me, they as of today, the Chiefs cut McCall Hardman. He went to New York for, and I read in a tweet uh, before I got on here for like damn near just a vacation. And the Chiefs had to trade back for him to come back to, to Kansas City. Now, I will say I really don't agree with that because there's a bunch of other wide, be better wide receivers that the, if the Chiefs were going to trade for that they should have. But because I really don't think Hardman is going to go out there and be like what they were saying, like the Juju Smith-Schuster that they had last year or... Um, um, I guess you could say MVS, but MVS is still a Chief, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, there was a reason that the Chiefs cut Hardman. So the fact that they went out and traded for him is, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not saying this just because I don't like the Chiefs, but I, I think it was dumb. I, I really do think it was dumb. Uh, I really don't, th I don't think that their offense is going to get like that much better because the Hardman's numbers, I'll, I'll admit, were better last year in Kansas City but that's because he was um, he had Juju on his team he had Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator so the offensive scheme was different none of those guys are there this year so I, I kind of think Hardman is probably going to be wide receiver number one which is why they traded for him so when Hardman was there before it really wasn't a wide receiver one type of thing he was able to go because Juju Smith or uh, when even was Tyreek. I don't know if you remember if he played with Tyreek before he left for Miami, but 
there was always somebody he was like wide receiver two per se so him coming in as wide receiver one it's gonna make it different i don't really think he's gonna flourish under a man Nagy system and i really hope i'm right about that but time will tell uh for those chiefs but anyway back to the broncos isn't it ironic that the last play <laughs> that the broncos tried to run was samaje trying to i think he was trying to run out of bounds but he got hit and he fumbled the ball and the chiefs recovered and the only saving grace was that the chiefs weren't able to run it down the end zone like the week before i mean that is the most ironic fucking shit i have ever seen as a broncos fan and you know right now the broncos are one in five it's things are just not looking good they they really aren't which brings me to my next point this probably could be considered sidebar but you know the broncos tanking i really don't like that word i really don't i i want the broncos to go out there and and play their very fucking best even though we all know that they're probably not gonna win <laughs> you know because we we as fans we go through the same shit every day you know game day we get our gear on we get hyped up for the game we don't really think about you know that the, the broncos we always think that our broncos are gonna win and then when the disappointment hits it's like well fuck you know <laughs> there goes our day and we have to sit and go through social media and you know listen to the opposing team fans talk shit to us and for some of us that actually watch the sporting networks the following day hear them talk about you know how russell wilson was bad how sean payton was bad uh, how the defense is the worst defense in the history of the broncos franchise if i'm not mistaken last in every fucking thing damn near so you know and it really sucks and it really sucks when i say this because the broncos the owners spent so much money bringing in all these big name players that if five years ago somebody told you that the broncos were going to get russell wilson and sean payton and well you probably wouldn't know who jerry judy was five years ago and corlin Sutton probably not but if you could if you told them that they were going to get those type of players you think that the broncos would be world beaters that they could go out and beat any fucking buddy regardless of who was the wide receiver or the tight end or how the defense was playing just for the simple fact that Russell Wilson looked like magic in Seattle and Sean Payton with Drew Brees looked like one of the best head coaches in the league not named Belichick so and then you bring them to Denver and it's just it's just not clicking it's not fucking working it's six weeks in now somebody did send me a tweet that said that you know the lions started out the same way last year and then they would just got on a hot streak and they started winning games and then they finished seven and eight i think seven eight seven nine something like that but they they played better they, they went on a hot streak and they almost they were just one game short of making the playoffs so for the broncos it it, it still can't happen it's a long fucking shot but it still can happen but they need so much to go to happen for them to change and if the broncos become sellers before the trade deadline it's going to be a lot harder for them to to achieve such a feat now the fact that marvin mims wasn't playing in this game is just aside from special teams was astounding to me 
it it really was because Marvin Mims is that guy who has really wowed in Broncos country these last few games. He has had hiccups muffing the ball, but I I don't really blame him so much for that because he's a rookie. So as a rookie, you're going to make mistakes. That just comes with the territory, whether you're a rookie quarterback, wide receiver, defensive line uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Doesn't matter where you are. When you're a rookie, you, shit like that's going to happen. And trying to get better and limiting it is the the is the trick. So it doesn't happen. If you can make it not happen at all as a Bronco, that'd be great. <laughs> but keeping it from happening it a lot is is pretty much it's you know it's part of being a rookie. <laughs> I, I really don't know how to word it any better. Um, but I, I did get kind of si- uh, sidetracked. So what I was trying to say is that. If the Broncos do end up getting a top five pick and Caleb Williams is on the is on the board, I really don't think that Caleb Williams coming to Denver is going to solve uh, the issue. Just like Russell Wilson coming to Denver, we all thought, that's it, world champion, like two, three times. <laughs> like super orange and blue colored glasses, we all were, and that didn't happen. And we thought that Sean Payton coming to Denver, Denver giving up a first-round pick and giving Sean Payton an extension, then that he was going to be able to turn Russell around, which I will give Sean Payton credit for. He has worked with Russell Wilson, and he has made him look a little better this year than Russell Wilson's current stats last year, except for this past week. But it hasn't been enough where the Broncos are winning games. So we're starting to see that disconnection between Wilson and and Peyton. So it's not like Wilson Wilson and Pete Carroll at first, and it's not like Sean Payton when he had Drew Brees, because uh, obviously when Sean Payton took over for New Orleans, and uh, you've heard me talk about it on the show before, he was able to kind of pluck Drew Brees away from that Chargers team because Drew Brees was just sitting behind uh, Philip Rivers, and he had a shoulder injury, so. He was able to take him out, and he was able to make Drew Brees into the future Hall of Fame quarterback that he is uh, going to be one day in Canton. So, uh, and I think that's truly, I, I really think that's what he tried to do, is I really think Sean Payton, and he's probably still trying, but after that Russell Wilson uh, fumble against the Jets game that we just got done talking about, and you see that uh, that picture of that clip of Sean Payton just kind of laying into him a little bit, and Russell Wilson just kind of walking right past him. Like, you can see that, the, that there's, like, disconnection. Russell Wilson would just like to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> the look on his face and the gesture, and it just, like, I mean, it hurt. It really hurt. As a bro- I, re- I was really hoping that that defensive lineman would just take a knee at the one yard line and the Jets would just you know kneel it just to end it <laughs> and that that didn't happen uh, so but this season I mean it's just been fucking terrible so far it really has and trying to go back to my original point Caleb Williams going coming to Denver I don't think that that's going to solve like everyone Denver's problem because Denver has so many issues right now. The management, the coaching, all the coaching hires. Uh, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, rebuild is necessary. 
And if the Broncos do rebuild, how can they rebuild to make sure that they don't have to rebuild again? You know, um, because you gave Sean Payton an extension. So as long as Sean Payton is the head coach, a rebuild is kind of like in quotations because it's like, well, what's exactly going to be rebuilt? Is it going to be the offense under Sean Payton? Is it going to be the defense with Sean Payton picking another uh, defensive coordinator? If Vance Joseph, uh, it's, I mean, it's still a miracle that Sean, that Vance Joseph to this, as of this recording is even still the fucking defensive coordinator for the Broncos that he even suits up. I'm not sorry, suits up or uh, coaches up and, you know, tries to salvage his job for the remainder of the season as a defensive coordinator and that the Broncos don't fire him and either get an interim coach or there was even rumors that uh, the Broncos were thinking about replacing Vance Joseph with Rex Ryan, which to me doesn't make any sense because if you were going to do that, then you would have hired Rex Ryan and not Vance fucking Joseph. So... um, that to me doesn't make any fucking sense and it's pretty pointless right now uh if you're gonna go after a rex ryan or a better defensive coordinator caliber type then you might as well just wait it out till the end of the year uh because firing vance joseph right now and bringing in either an interim or another defensive coordinator and having them play catch up and clean up the mistakes that the broncos have made the last six seven or however many weeks vance joseph should happen to be defensive coordinator is just too much to ask in my opinion so but i mean if you want to bring in caleb williams and you want to have him hold a clipboard behind russell wilson if you decide to keep him for one more year to kind of lower the, the, the dead cap hit or if you cut or trade russell wilson and you just have him go out there and you know probably have another bad Broncos season maybe not as bad as this one but you know just kind of trying to get him to learn the tricks of the trade as a Bronco I mean hey that 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 could be another option and maybe Sean Payton can work with a brand new quarterback and you know mold him to be the future of the franchise because that's what the Broncos still have not had in Denver is a franchise quarterback and I was actually having a conversation with uh, with one of my Uber passengers who thought that like a lot of people who aren't Broncos fans that think that John Elway was the franchise quarterback for the Broncos but he wasn't and every diehard Broncos fan like myself knows that John Elway was traded to the Broncos from the Baltimore Colts because uh He refused to play for them and he said that if they didn't trade him that he was gonna go play baseball and I think he was gonna go play for the Yankees I think I read I should know that being a John Elway fan I'm pretty sure it's the Yankees I I bet my bet my dollar that it's the Yankees so the the Broncos traded for John Elway John Elway took them to four Super Bowls in the 80s and the Broncos were good enough and played like one of, if not the best teams during the regular season. But when they got to the Super Bowl, they got stomped by the Niners, the Giants, the, the Redskins at the time. I think the, I think they lost to the Niners twice. Can't remember. I know the Giants was one of them. I know the Redskins was another one. And I know the Niners was. I think it's the Niners twice. 
Um, I'll have to double check on that. But I know it's four different Super Bowls. And, you know, John Elway was so close to going to another one in, uh, what was it, uh, when they lost to the Jaguars their first year when the Jaguars joined the league as an expansion team. I think it was 95 or 96. I think it was 96 season. And then the Broncos went back and won their Super Bowl. Went back to the Super Bowl in 97 and won their first Super Bowl against uh, Brett Favre and the Packers, who were favored to beat the Broncos that year. And then the Broncos went back and won another Super Bowl back-to-back, beating the Atlanta Falcons. <sighs> so, <laughs> there's anybody out there who hasn't or didn't know that or wants to correct me on any of the information I just gave, feel free to hit me up at Bronc- uh, at a 6 to 10 Mexican at, uh, on X slash Twitter. So, going into this game against the Packers, the Broncos... Uh, their one lingering issue is still injuries. Uh, Greg Dulcich uh, had to sit out because of that nagging hamstring injury. So he didn't play for more. I think he only played for like a quarter, maybe two, maybe just the first half, I think. And then he was gone. Uh, as far as the injury report that I saw going into this game on Sunday against the Packers at home uh, for, for Denver, I think Dulcich is probably going to miss out this game. Uh, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson both were limited, Uh, but uh, Baron Browning was a full participant, Uh, uh, Lloyd Cushberry was a full participant, and, ah, shit, I don't remember the last name, Uh, I don't remember who the last one, but it was, I think it was an offensive lineman, I I think it was Purcell, or somebody that had an injury designation, so it looks like Dulcich is not probably going to suit up. I, I don't for a hamstring. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Greg Dulcich until after the bye. Because after this game the pa- against the Packers, the Broncos have to face Kansas City at home again. And then they have a bye. And then they go on the road. Uh, let's look at our list here. So, yeah. Uh, they have a bye week nine. And then they go and face Buffalo in Buffalo. And then week 11 against uh, Minnesota. So that's going to be a fun game. <laughs> the, the Vikings with uh, maybe without Kirk Cousins if he doesn't get traded uh, by then. Uh, but I, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, uh, you know, it's a sidebar. But I think that the Vikings keep Kirk Cousins. I don't think they pay him. Excuse me. <laughs> you ever have that feeling when you want to burp but you don't burp and you try to hold it back? So you don't burp on your recording. So <laughs> that's what I was going through. But uh, I don't think the I don't think the Vikings become uh, sellers for that. If they do, they'll probably trade. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hunter, Daniel Hunter, one of their their, their best pass rusher. So uh, I'm just kind of updating my list here of when I was right and when I was wrong. So Jets, I said we were gonna win. We didn't win. City said we're gonna lose and we did lose. So we're one in five. So our prediction of 13 and four is already gone to shit. <laughs> 13 and four. Jeez, what the fuck was I smoking, huh? <laughs> oh man. But uh keys to victory for this game is uh 
Russell Wilson needs to snap out of whatever funk he was in because uh, Jordan Love and the Packers, uh, they, they got a bad taste left in their mouth from that loss against Las Vegas. They were embarrassed. And they're going to come into Denver looking for, you know, to, to kind of boss. or I don't want to say revenge, but it kind of is. Because if I'm not mistaken, the last time the Packers... No, they did play. They played, uh, I think, like two years ago. Two or three years ago. I was thinking about 2015. But no, it was like two or three years ago. Because I remember I was in Wisconsin uh, at the Dells. And the the, Bron- the Broncos were playing the Packers, and people were just looking at me all crazy because I was walking around with a Broncos jersey, <laughs> listening to the game uh, in my ear uh, when Denver was in, in Green Bay. And I think the Broncos lost that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were. Uh, so, which totally fucking sucks, but... Uh, Basically, the Broncos need to kind of... Right now, the whole team, in my personal perspective, like, it's just... It's a dumpster fire. And with every loss that piles out, that fire just keeps getting bigger. And the thing that's going to be interesting going into the trade deadline is just, like, who's going to be... Who's going to be movable and who's going to benefit the Broncos for the future in terms of draft picks like i said i do think that jerry judy is going to be the first one to go uh justin simmons i believe would probably be the second just for the simple fact that he holds a lot of value uh more in turn in in that defense and kareem jackson uh, i i don't like he's played decent these last two weeks that interception against chicago was amazing i'll give him credit for that but those two really bad hits that he had um and uh to be honest with you that going back to that Brees hall i'm pretty sure that was him and he kind of whiffed when Brees hall just ran past him but it's like it's a young man's game and kareem jackson like he has veteranship he has knowledge but it almost looks like he got kind of caught off guard and Brees hall just just breezed right past him and kareem jackson couldn't react fast enough to dive or do anything he just breeze hall is gone <laughs> um so that's the type of thing that hurts a guy like jackson is you know obviously he's getting older so he's not as agile and fast as he used to be but when he's still knowledgeable and that's the one thing that grows with you as a veteran player is knowledge of the game so while you do lose speed and momentum and strength to a certain extent, you gain knowledge. So you became you become more more valuable in that sense where uh, you can kind of mentor or be the guy who plays on snap counts. You know, even though you can't play every down anymore, uh, kind of like Von Miller with the Bills, because that's how I see him playing uh, as a Bill now. Is just he's not an every down kind of guy anymore, but. He, when he does hit the field and he gives you what he can and you don't take advantage of it and you let Von Miller be Von Miller, he just needs one drive or a couple drives to be just that wrecking ball and give the Bills that, that turnaround. So uh, it's going to be it, it's gonna be a heartfelt game when the Broncos do travel to, uh, to Buffalo and to see Von Miller sack. <laughs> 
Russell Wilson or Statham if they decide to play him by that time just to kind of see what the fuck they got in him. I mean, I don't know, but um, I, I don't know if my heart is ready to see that and do the see Von Miller do the sack dance <laughs> over a Bronco. I, I think I'm probably just going to collapse or cry. I don't know. Um, but the, the Broncos need a statement game. And the Packers, beating the Packers would definitely do it because right now there's like a lot of hope being lost in Broncos country. And with every loss, it's just going to see it. And I think that, that uh, you'll probably see it in the stands in terms of attendance uh, because we kind of did see it last year. Uh, people walking out of that Colts game last year when they went in overtime was just like it was so heartbreaking because before that, when it was a uh, going in overtime, nobody left. Not even to go to the bathroom. People would have to hold their shit in until, uh, you know, the the game was over. And in that game, people were leaving like the Broncos had lost. You know, so uh, that's the thing that hurts me watching the game here in Chicago, or if I'm listening to it because I can't watch because I'm working. It's just like seeing empty seats because it's like. Uh, like I get it people aren't gonna pay to go see the Broncos lose when they're playing terribly um, not even season ticket holders uh, but me if it was me and I lived in Denver I would go every fucking game if I was lucky enough to get season tickets I'd be so fucking happy just for the simple fact to say that I was there you know I was there through the through the team's worst just like I was there when the team was at their best when they went out and won a Super Bowl you know because uh, I wasn't really on the, t- the bandwagon or part of a fan when the Broncos won with John Elway. I mean, I saw the game, and that's what made me a fan, <laughs> per se, uh, in 98. But, like, to be able to be with the Broncos from the very beginning and watch them build a team like they did in 2015 with Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and all those guys. And even with Peyton Manning, you know, we all knew that the writing was on the wall for him and he was going to ride out into the sunset. It was just amazing that he was able to leave uh, a world champion as a Bronco. And the fact that he's still uh, pretty much, he I'm pretty sure I, I, he lives somewhere in Denver, near Denver or in Colorado. And he still comes out and he, he comes to the games. Uh, he still does the 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 schedule releases for the Broncos. I, I feel he does more stuff for Denver than he does for Indianapolis, which is pretty ironic because his 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 whole career, most of his career anyway, was him as a Colt. He even won his first ring there in 2008, I think it was. So, and the fact that he was in Denver for what four years, and he considers Denver his home, is such an amazing feeling. Um, but I. I getting off topic I digress the this is a game that the Broncos have to win and I really feel sorry for the Broncos media team because they have to find so many ways to try to keep fans hyped up and I'm pretty sure when they upload the, the, the score on social media and they just see like the bare the barrage of just Broncos fans just pissed off because Russell Wilson is playing like shit because the defense is playing like shit because special teams muffed it it's just been so negative man like we have yet to have a game where the broncos just fucking stop we, we had one close where the broncos looked like they were going to steamroll the commanders 
And then the Commanders came back and made it interesting. And then it was like, oh, shit. That's the closest the Broncos have come to, like, um, like looking like they were going to stomp somebody out. And actually, that's been a pretty big problem in the league so far this year. Only one team uh, didn't do that, and that was the Dolphins. They took advantage of a just, de- I don't want to say depleted, but a terrible Broncos defense. And they did not let off their foot off the gas pedal until the very, very end. When uh, Mike Daniels didn't take, um, he didn't go for the record for the field goal. He just took a knee. But he put up 70 on on Denver, something that has not been done in a long, long fucking time. And it still hurts me to my core to this very day. But Jordan Love has only had one really impressive win, in my opinion. And that was against the Bears. So a division rival. So... The Broncos need to show that they can beat because Green Bay has a pretty good defensive front line and their secondary is not probably not the worst, but it's not the best. It's like an in-between, uh, I want to say. Rashad, Rashard Douglas, he scares me. I hear his name all the time uh, during Packers games. So uh, this is a game that the Broncos have to win. They have to win a home game before the bye. They absolutely have to because if they lose this game and then they have to face Kansas City before the bye and it's not looking good, uh, you know, it, it just like if the Broncos go into their bye week one and seven, it would just be just so demoralizing. And you can definitely expect people to be gone. Definitely. It may not be in the order you guys have heard me say. It might not be Judy first and Simmons and then Corlin and then, you know, just trade everybody. Uh, how, uh, you know, like how people on social media have been saying and then just bring up a bunch of practice squad guys, bench Russell Wilson and start Stidham the entire rest of the fucking season and just see how that goes and just watch the Walmart, uh, the Walmart people. <laughs> The owners just literally just throwing a flushing money down the drain, watching Russell Wilson from the bench, a quarterback that's been rumored that the Broncos are not going to keep next year, or they're going to try to trade, and if they can't trade him, they're going to cut him and just eat the dead cap for like the next, I don't know, two or three years or however long his contract is. So, and that to me is just like... I don't know. Like, I I feel so torn about that because the Broncos have already going to have to eat if they're not already eating the Randy Gregory contract. That was a bus signing in it. And we've talked about this last week or the last episode, I should say. Uh, George Payton, his seat has got to be simmering. It really has because, like, so far his acquisition of Russell Wilson didn't work. His acquisition of Nathaniel Hackett didn't work. Uh, I don't think he was the one that brought uh, Vic Fangio. I don't. I think that was his predecessor. Um, and uh, bringing in Sean Payton has not worked. It's just been more egg in the face of Broncos country, Broncos fans, and Broncos players, and just the entire franchise in itself. So, uh, I mean. We're not the only team struggling in the AFC West. You guys just saw the Chargers lose to the Cowboys. And the Raiders seem to have found, uh, gotten their second wind. And they're about to go and more than likely demolish a really depleted Bears team uh, this coming Sunday. And 
it, it just sucks. It really sucks as a Broncos fan to see Raiders, the Raiders and the Chiefs playing better than the Broncos. And to a certain extent, the Chargers. Uh, but uh, all I can tell you guys towards the end of this episode is to just keep hope alive. Whatever it is you guys are doing to kind of making sure that you guys keep putting on your orange jerseys every Sunday like I do or every game day like I do and to sit and listen to the broadcast or game or however it is you guys watch Broncos games, you need to keep that spirit up. You need to keep that momentum. You need to keep it up because we have got a long season still to go. And it is way too early to start saying the word tank. It is way too early to start about thinking drafting Caleb Williams. I know that there's a lot of people on social media do it after every loss. It really, like, you can't help it. Um, But if you want to keep it in mind, sure. But if you do, the more you do that, the more you start thinking that you want the team to tank. So, I don't know. I just want to see the Broncos go out there and play really good football. Like I, I, I have yet to see the improvements that the the owners spent. That you know, you'd you'd figure that George Payton, with like I said, his seat is on fire, that he'd be going out there and doing the absolute most fucking possible to try to save his job, and it really feels like he hasn't. Like he's not doing anything. He's it's almost like the writing's on the wall, and he's like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna ride the season out because I know I'm gonna be gone at the end of the year. Uh, type of thing and that in itself could be another gamble because we could get uh you know the, you know uh G- george payton might get fired and then the broncos could end up with what the bears have in ryan poles you know and if you don't believe me just ask any of my bears fans friends that are out here that just think that ryan poles is a giant fucking idiot <laughs> and it's it just it, like it could get worse that's the thing that scares me about you know letting George Payton go is that it can get worse than George Payton. It can get worse than you know benching Russell Wilson. It can get worse than firing Sean Payton and it I mean after Nathaniel Hackett it's kind of hard to make that argument that it hasn't, you know? <laughs> like how much foot is going to fit in Sean Payton's mouth that he has to keep eating uh you know being 1 in 5. After the Broncos were scheduled to be five and one per se at the worst, so this is a game where everybody needs to get their head out of their ass on the offensive side of the ball, and if the defense can just go out there and keep playing like they did again against Kansas City and punish teams for doing that cute shit like the Chiefs did against the Broncos, then they'd be taken more seriously. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs, when they come to Denver, that they do the same shit again. Just and that the fucking score is damn near the same, just for the simple fact because the Chiefs know that they don't have to try that hard to beat Denver. Some type of thing like that. But if the Broncos want to be taken more seriously, they have to play like it because so far all we keep getting at the end of these press conferences after these last five games is just the same excuse worded differently from Sean Payton, from Russell Wilson, from whoever decides to go and speak into the mic. And the only one who's kept it real the most is Gary Bowles, who says he's tired of losing. And if he gets traded, you're not going to, I wouldn't like he'd have a smile on his face knowing that he's more than likely going to go to a team with a better chance to win. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure his heart will be heavy that he's not going to finish his career as a Bronco. But, I mean, I, I don't blame players. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure Randy Gregory was happy as hell knowing that he was going to the 49ers, a team that's got a really chance at going to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. Uh, so, and I'm pretty sure any player that gets traded from here uh, to the deadline is going to have that same sentiment. And hopefully one day we can be on the other side of that ball where the Broncos are trying to be contenders or are contenders and want to stay contenders and that they have to try to trade for good players and that they, the traded player coming to Denver, has that sentiment where it's like, hey, I'm going to a team that's going to go to a Super Bowl and I'm going to help them win one. And that's the type of mentality that the Broncos have strayed away from since for the last eight years. So we have to sit down and be realistic, guys. This season is going to be a lot worse than what we credited for. So just strap in, buckle up. Do whatever it is you have to do after these games because more than likely these games are going to be L's than W's. And there's nothing we can do about it as fans. There really isn't. I mean, we can go on social media. We can bitch. We can complain. We can come on to our favorite podcasting shows and, you know, let our opinions be heard to other fans of Broncos country. But how much of it gets to the, the actual team and if it can wake up and you know, light a fire under somebody's ass still remains to be seen. But hopefully it happens sooner than later because everything that has happened so far is completely unacceptable. So whatever it is at the Broncos front office, the, the, the owner, controlling owner, uh, what was it, Penner, I think his name is, whatever he did before, he needs to find a way to do it again and light the fire under somebody's ass, under Russell Wilson, Sean Payton's, light the fire even hotter on George Payton. I mean, I don't know. But whatever answers need to be found and done need to be found and done now. Because, like I said, a loss to this Packers team is just going to be more demoralizing, more humiliating going into Kansas, the, the game against Kansas City. And getting swept by Kansas City again is just, what, more egg on the face in the continued streak of the Chiefs over the Broncos. The dominance, I should say. As much as I hate to say that. But that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, just to go over a couple things with you guys, if you made it to, this very, uh, part, to the end of this episode, thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble and rant. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter slash X at a 6 for 10 mexican Hit me up. Uh, give me a follow. Let's talk about football, Broncos, whatever's going on, whatever you want to chat. I'm going to down for it. Uh, uh, shout out to the people that hit me up on, on Facebook and my own personal page. Uh, I'm really sorry I don't get to answer all of your uh, DMs, uh, but sometimes I'm working or I'm doing stuff, and I really do apologize. I try to answer back, but if I don't, it's not personal. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, any business inquiries, please reach out at broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. Wherever it is you guys listen to this podcast on whatever platform it is, please make sure to uh, five star. I don't know why I said four star earlier in the, the show. Five star review. Uh, subscribe. Hit that uh, notification button so you know when live uh, when these episodes go uh, get uploaded, so you can be the first to hear it. And uh, I keep forgetting to mention this, but make sure you guys keep supporting all Broncos media out there. There's a lot of great Broncos podcasts. Uh, and just keep showing your support, whether it's Broncos Media, Broncos Podcast, Broncos News Articles. Keep it up, guys. Keep showing your support. They will very, very be 
they will be grateful. <laughs> they will be grateful to have you guys as their fans and to show the same support you showed me. They'll be grateful to have it for you. You know, that, like I always say, I don't have the numbers that all these other uh, podcasts have, and that's okay. I'm thankful that I even get one because whether it's one person or a hundred or a thousand or none, I just love coming up here to this microphone and just, you know, spitting my, uh, my thoughts out to you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, keep your heads up high Broncos country. It's going to be a dark stormy fucking ride, but we're going to get through it. I'm pretty sure we are. When are we going to get through it is a whole different question, but we're going to get through it. We just have to survive, all right? So, Broncos country, nothing else we can do. Fuck it. Let's ride. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. See ya.